This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. And this is Franchise Today for Wednesday, February 19th, and it is good to be back after a blockbuster IFA convention on its 60th anniversary of promoting and protecting franchising. This was my 24th, and I've got to tell you, they just keep getting better. Somewhere north of 4,000 franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers converged upon Orlando for five solid days of celebration, education, caring, sharing, networking, and commerce. That's the topic of this week's Front of the House. The success of this year's convention was of particular importance to me as I was privileged to serve on this year's IFA convention committee, which means along with 14 or 15 of my peers, I got to play some small role in the organization of this incredible event. In addition, to my time spent on the floor of the exhibit hall with Eric Stoll, Margaret Wise, and Cassidy Ford, the FRM team, I got to continue my work on IFA's Diversity Institute, of which I am a founding member. How proud was I when Robert Crisante, IFA CEO, took the floor during the general session and spoke about the work this institute is doing to foster growth in franchising through its diversity proclamation. I'd be remiss, too, if I neglected to thank IFA yet again for scheduling the annual supplier forum meeting for 7 a.m. That's right, 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Who ever thought that that was a good idea? And lastly, while I have served for more than a year on the Education Foundation's Leadership Council at IFA, I was elected to this year to the Foundation's Board of Trustees, an honor that I'm extremely proud of. So, a new year and decade lie ahead, and franchising seems to be alive and well, despite some headwinds that in some states just keep getting sillier than ever. But as always, the State of the Union as an organization seems healthy, as Robert and his team at the IFA, under the guidance of a very smart and capable board of directors, headed this year by Catherine Monson, who just took the gavel from David Barr, forge ahead as they continue to protect us as we grow franchising this great and wonderful business model that we all live, breathe, and love so dearly. So So with all of that said, it's on to this week's birthdays, as I wish many happy returns to Keith Carlton, Bruce Evans, Cynthia Schwartz-Gartman, John Rachi, Sean Kelly, Jared Turner, Beth Solomon, Deb Smith, Casey McEwen, Susanna Robledo, Pat Latier, Mark Mayette, Megan Bedford, Eric Badlands, Booker, Larry Carnell, Sandy Hobby Richards, Kenneth Kaplan, Dan Martin, Marcy Saran, Ken Karcher, Hoyt Jones, Brett Franson, John Fogelman, Christine Young, and Mark Kaplan. Wow, a long list indeed this third week in February. What do you say we take a quick revenue break right about now, and I'll be back in less than two minutes with Chuck Runyon, co-founder and CEO of Anytime Fitness and its parent company, Self Esteem Brands. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about Transitive, an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine, accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning. Yes, 
artificial intelligence, which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does, and what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today. And tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive.io. With more than 20 years of experience in managing and owning franchising health clubs, Chuck Runyon has distinguished himself as a leading authority in the field of fitness. Chuck revolutionized the fitness industry when he and Dave Mortensen co-founded Anytime Fitness, an alternative to big box gyms, which typically feature expensive frills that few members actually use or need. Under his leadership, Anytime Fitness has earned numerous industry accolades, including the number one fitness club on the planet, according to Entrepreneur Magazine, one of America's most promising companies, according to Forbes, and the fastest growing fitness club in the world, according to the International Health Racket and Sport Club Association. Last Sunday, the trophy wall at Anytime Fitness and Self-Esteem Brands took on yet another crowning honor when the International Franchise Association presented Chuck and his co-founder and president, Dave Mortensen, its coveted Entrepreneur of the Year Award in front of 4,000 people in attendance at the IFA's 60th Annual Convention in Orlando. Here to talk to us about it all is the man himself, Chuck Runyon. Chuck, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, it's a real privilege to get to talk with you, too. Many of us have enjoyed some of the antics of Chuck and Dave from IFAs in the past, <laughs> seeing the guys coming out in kilts and delivering a collaborative conversation. But I think that it's a tremendous opportunity for our audience to learn a great deal from somebody who's as accomplished as you with, what, 4,500 gyms, 4 million members across seven continents, all seven continents. Uh, <laughs> that is right. Just a couple and, months ago, we conquered Antarctica. It was an awesome trip, yes. And you made the trip to did you and Dave go? We did. Uh, Dave and I went with two other people and, and turned it into an incredible adventure for both business and personal uh, reasons. And it was it really was epic. For anyone listening, I definitely put that on your bucket list. you got to get down there. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. And it's the only Anytime Fitness location, if I'm not mistaken, that floats. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. It is on an expedition ship, and it, but it is a kind of a mini Anytime Fitness. It's branded. It's got the equipment in there. Dave and I worked out in on, in this club multiple times that week. And uh, so, yeah, pick the right ship, and you'll be working out in Anytime Fitness. All right. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, and that's an amazing story all by itself. But I'm going to ask you to do first, though, is to just wind back the clock for us to when you and franchising got together, what it was that you were doing whenever that happened, that franchising came into your lexicon. Well, way back when, you know, my mom started with McDonald's as a day lady, and then she worked all the way up to store manager. In fact, she opened up a McDonald's that is on the same road as our corporate headquarters. So I like to joke with people that, you know, this is the second largest franchise I've worked for on this street because my mom uh, opened up the club or the McDonald's right up the street. So, yeah, I kind of got a, a little bit of a taste to it, but I was so young, I didn't really understand it. And it wasn't really until we started with the idea of Anytime Fitness. So, you know, we're, we're thinking about this in like 2000, 2001, about this experience 
Express Club concept. We had seen the success of Curves for Women at the time. You know, we knew about Gold's Gym and World's Gym and some of the other franchises in the fitness space. And we just wanted to start day one with franchising, of course, using other people's capital and time to grow the brand. And we really didn't know much about franchise and we didn't have much experience, you know, when we started in 2002, our very first franchise concept. And, you know, I guess something I'm proud of is that we've just become a student of franchising, you know, and we're still a student today. And uh, every single year, we just got better all the time at becoming a franchising, a franchise or servicing our franchisees. And so, um, you know, for those of the people listening, I don't, I don't think you need years and years of franchise experience. Now we leaned on some outside counsel, you know, to help us create the, the item there, the FDDs and the franchise agreements, but we're just students and we're, we're still learning today. So take us back in time to when Dave and you connected and actually there was a third partner, wasn't there Jeff Klinger? Yeah. yeah. So all the way back to the early nineties, uh, myself, Dave Mortensen, and Jeff Klinger worked at three health clubs here in the twin cities of Minnesota and the, the owners, they, they weren't owned by the same person, but they they became reciprocal. So the members could use all three clubs and the three of us got to know each other through that, those health clubs. And, you know, we were pretty darn good at marketing and selling memberships. And so we created a company that would travel to us and, and Canada and Australia. And we'd put on big membership blitzes for health clubs all across the, these uh, countries. And, you know, that, this was in the pre-digital phase. So we'd use like direct mail, newspaper, radio, TV, and referrals. And we generate hundreds, sometimes thousands of memberships for health clubs. And so over, you know, from 1990, you know, in, for the whole 90s, we, we really learned how to market. We learned how to sell. We learned how to operate club. We put together our own billing company. And so when we started Anytime Fitness, you know, we had the billing component in place. We had the marketing and sales component in place. And we'd already, we'd run some larger clubs. We took over distress clubs in like the mid 90s that had racquetball, whirlpool, sauna. So we were very fluent in club operations and club marketing, club sales. And so for us now to like, you know, streamline this into like a, a smaller, more efficient club that was closer to people's home and work and like in the community strip mall was an easy evolution for us. I mean, we knew the fitness space. Now we just had to learn the franchise space. And so the three of you had no prior knowledge of one another other than learning about each other in common endeavor at time back in the 90s. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the three of us, you know, we formed a friendship and it's great to work alongside friends. And, you know, we were always competitive and collaborative and curious. And, you know, we, those, you know, we worked very, very well for the three of us in our partnership. And uh, we not only had a successful company in the 90s and some successful clubs, but the three of us together started Anytime Fitness. And uh, I'm not sure we'd be here if it wasn't, you know, if you took one of us out of the mix, who knows where it'd be. So the three of us really um, did well together. So at one point, though, one of you started having, or maybe two of you started having ideas about directional growth and what's important. There seemed to have been maybe a, a dissection of ways to go forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you're growing the company, right, there is so many ways to do it. There are so many philosophies on how to lead, how to manage and where to reinvest capital. And, you know, with all due respect to, to Jeff at the time, he was just in a different phase of life where he wanted to, you know, maybe take some of that capital and take some chips off the table and maybe do something different. And so we found a way to buy him out in 2009 and then it just became Dave and I. At about the time, we were just getting to be on the cusp of about a thousand clubs open and uh, he was able to walk away with, uh, you know, some well-earned capital and, uh, you know, do whatever he wants to do. And, and Dave and I continued on with the business and here we are today, you know, on the cusp of 5,000 clubs globally. So 2002 begs a question, Chuck, what kind of guts did it take, you know, on the heels of 9-11 to begin a business at that point in our time? Yeah, well, number one, we did have other business, so it's not like we're eating ramen noodles, but we still had to invest our time and money and, and take a big bet. And by the way, it looks obvious today, but to have a, a health club that is that has a key access to the members, but is not always staffed, 
right back in 2002, most people said that wouldn't work. They said people wouldn't feel safe going in there. They wouldn't feel the level of service. They said women specifically would never go in a club at 10 o'clock at night where that's not staff. And so we had the surveillance, but, but think about the business model. Most people said it wouldn't work. Even our friends and family had doubts. There was legislation in place that, that predated our business model in, in some big states, California, Pennsylvania, Illinois, New York, Minnesota, that we had to go and fight and lobby to you know, reverse some, some archaic legislation to get our business model to work. So you know, we weren't just in the fitness and franchise space. We suddenly found ourselves lobbying with lawmakers all across the country. And, and over time, we were, we were able to overturn those. But you know, it, it seems obvious today, but it wasn't then. And it's just another reminder to entrepreneurs, right? You've got it to, you got to make bets. You got to go with your gut and um, you know, you're going to have so many doubts. And then the other big uh, I bet we made was when Dave and I bought out our partner in 2009. Remember, this was, we were in the middle of the economic recession, right? The housing market had collapsed. Banks were, were, were collapsing and no one wanted to loan us money. And so in 2009, when we bought out Jeff, it took a significant personal guarantee from Dave and I. And we finally put a big amount of debt on the business so we could cash Jeff out. And then we had to go forward. And I mean, it was, it was pretty, a uh, pretty massive um, bet we were making in 2009. Now it turned out to be, you know, maybe one of the best decisions of our life. But those two moments were, uh, were scary and they weren't easy. And uh, I mean, I'm glad we did it. But at the time, it wasn't a no brainer. Major inflection points. I remember reading about that buyout. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I remember a 16% interest rate. 16%, think about this a 16% interest rate on a large sum of money every <laughs> single day. Dave and I, well, I did this. I like to quantify things. Every day we woke up, it was $13,000 in interest. Every morning, $13,000 that we were paying over $5 million a year in interest. And, uh, you know, for two Eastside kids, from St. Paul, man, it was, and that, that didn't even affect the principal. It was a big bet to make. I had four kids. Dave had five kids. So, you know, we're also saying, look, this is like, this represents our kids' college educations in the future. This represents our retirement. And we were going all in. And so it's not that easy to look at your spouses and say, man, we are going to sign a personal guarantee for a large sum of money. And, you know, we, we really are betting on this business. And so a pretty scary time, uh, you know, back in, it was over 10 years ago. So these do sound like big numbers, but let's share some other stats with the audience that put those kinds of numbers into perspective. According to the IHRSA, $87.2 billion is the revenue generated worldwide in total health clubs. One million people join health clubs each year and annual projected growth from 2014 through 2019 uh, was about a plus 7.8%. So the marketplace is there. There's a market that's a, this is a good business to be in. And even though those numbers were risky in those times might have been, you're in an ever-growing space that seems pretty healthy in and of itself. Itself. Yeah, so so the fitness industry has you know gone done well through recessionary periods. It's never gone backwards. If anything, it stayed flat. And you know, if you think about macro trends, I mean, we haven't just grown because of our business model. It's been the perfect storm of global spending on wellness continues and will for the next decade. We've got to get far more preventative. And so Dave and I were betting on the macro trends, um, and it continues to be you know a a tailwind for our industry is that you know more corporations and health insurance companies and individuals are you know looking at wellness as a good investment personally as well as for the organization. So yes, you uh, it's been a wonderful industry to, to be a part of. And a little closer to home at Anytime Fitness, 60% of your existing franchisees own more than one club. That says a whole lot about the culture of the business 
and at any time a new member joins one of their clubs each and every minute of every single day. And talking about culture, Chuck, on the consumer side, and we'll talk about it on the franchise side as well, but dive a little bit into the four P's, if you would, and share with the audience how everything that goes on revolves around those four P's. Yeah, so when, when Dave and I were buying out our partner, there was really a chance for us to reestablish culture. And our values were always there, but but during that transition, it, we really allowed them to come to the surface. And you know, we wrote this manifesto, which is articulated our core values around people, purpose, profits, and play. And you know, if you come to our office here, you'll see these signs around the building with those four things. But you know, it's not just rhetoric. I mean, we try to live them every single day. We build our strategy around them. We're always investing in people. We have an inherent purpose in what we do because we, we allow people to live their best life through franchising and health and wellness. You know, profits for our franchisees are critically important. And so we want to make sure that was right up there as part of that those core values. And then play. I mean, we have a great deal of fun. We, you know, even though we're working hard, we can take the business seriously without taking ourselves seriously. So those four P's matter. And for those people listening, I think culture is more important than ever before. And remember, we're not just in a war for our consumers. We're also in a war for talent. It is my job to design a high performance environment and attract talented people. And culture is like gravity. It like pulls people in and it keeps people here. We have far less turnover than our competitors do. And so, you know, as a leader, I'm thinking about how do I, how do I win the war on talent? How do I win the war for franchisees? And how do we win the war for consumers? And I think it all starts with your core values and culture. So tell us a little bit more about the value proposition from the consumer side in such crowded space today where almost like yogurt shops once upon a time, there's probably three or four gyms on some corners, much less yeah. in some cities. How does the consumer view Anytime Fitness's value proposition? And what is it in your mind that makes you as unique as you are to the consumer? Well, I, I think it's re- the simple answer is convenience trumps price. And so the fact that we're closer to home, closer to work, people can use their club 24-7, 365, and they can use, you know, nearly 5,000 clubs around the world. You know, here in Minnesota, where we have, you know, hundreds of clubs, if one out of five of our members uses a different Anytime Fitness during the week. So it's incredibly convenient. But then that club culture is, is most important. And so we can harness the, the passion of our franchisees and their club staff to coach our members on success. I mean, everyone joins the health club to make progress on their health goals. And so we can connect with them. We can coach with them. We can provide some bright education, motivation, and our clubs offer the best of both worlds. They offer some of the boutique programming with uh, some of the group and team training, but they also offer the strength training and cardiovascular that you need. You need that variety to put into your program. And so that mix of, of convenience and culture, and it's very affordable and accessible and comfortable. I mean, all those things add up to a value proposition for, especially by the way, for the member that's a little bit more intimidated. I mean, for those hardcore active fitness enthusiasts, they love Anytime Fitness and they're going to join and use it, you know, with, with uh, their key fob. But for those who are, are struggling a little bit, who need a little bit more hands-on, they need a little bit more education, motivation, that's where we come in. We, we fit in perfectly because we can coach our members by understanding them and uh, meeting them where they're at and providing them a personalized program to help see progress. Is the size of the location pretty unique? Are they typically smaller stores than the bigger box gyms? Yeah, I mean, give or take, they're about 5,000 square feet. So they're kind of just the right size. You'll have all the big club programming and equipment that you'd find in a really large club, but in a smaller setting. So it's, it's more, there's more community, there's more connection, it's less intimidating. And uh, you know, again, there's no lines, you can kind of get in and out, you have, you have private bathrooms. And so our members love the fact that they can get in, they can get out, it's super convenient, yet there's time for connection. We're talking with Chuck Runyon, CEO and co-founder of Anytime Fitness and Self-Esteem Brands. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the franchise side of Anytime Fitness and a little more conversation around the parent company that sits over it and several 
several other brands called self-esteem brands. We'll be right back with more of Chuck Runyon right after this break. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot-on assessments, based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we're talking with Chuck Runyon. He and his partner, Dave Mortensen, honored last week by the IFA with the coveted Entrepreneur of the Year Award. You know, I just look back and in noting some of those that I remember receiving that award, Eileen Huntington from Huntington Learning Centers, Gordon Logan, founder of Sport Clips, Pete Cancro, a founder of Jersey Mike's. You guys are in some pretty strong company. Yeah, we're, we're so, first of all, we're so thankful for the IFA. I mean, the organization that protects and promotes this, you know, enriching industry that, that creates so much economic value to our country and, and beyond. And yeah, we're, we're humbled. I mean, we are in a, uh, a group of entrepreneurs that uh, just, we, got, we, we feel so darn gracious. And so it's an honor and it really represents the hard work of our team here at Self-Esteem Brands and the commitment and dedication of our franchisees around the world. So let's talk some about franchising because I think as I always try to ask my guests to impart some wisdom on the audience about things that maybe you wouldn't have done that way by design. Anytime fitness's great success was born out of an upside down scenario, wasn't it, Chuck? Yeah. I mean, typically a proof of concept is something that takes place prior to the birth of a franchise brand, but you guys actually <laughs> went the other way around, didn't you? We did. We started with the unit one uh, was the first units were opened up by people we kind of knew, but they weren't our units. We didn't open up our first franchise unit to number 28, the one we owned. And so think about it. We sold and opened 27 others prior to our own store. But, you know, we had the experience in building and marketing and sales. We were confident in the model and uh, we just got out of the gate really quick because as soon as we launched Anytime Fitness, you know, others saw it and there were just so many copycats. And so we were in a bit of a land grab. We wanted to make sure we could be get first to market and establish a brand prior to our, or, uh, more so than our competitors. Well, while I know that that's not the conventional way of doing things, I also do know you may not remember this, but I do. I was introduced to you by a guy named Brian Schnell. So I don't think Schnell would yeah. be making introductions to somebody who didn't <laughs> think was doing it properly. Yeah, so no, Brian, Brian is a wonderful uh, part of this community here in the franchise sector. So he's great. You can't see it, but I'm sitting here with a fakery pen in my hand taking notes as we're talking. <laughs> so. so let's talk about the franchise side of this. I mean, 
you have had rapid, rapid expansion. 4,500 gyms in 40 countries from 09 till now. Well, the international side, yeah, we now have over 2,000 locations outside the U.S., and that has all happened here in the last decade. Tell us about how that happened. How did this manifest? Were you using brokers? Were you doing this single or multi-unit? How did you grow this plan to develop these first in the U.S. and then the international arm of such a large Yeah, we, we did tinker with brokers early on, but we've always had our own in-house sales and real estate development team, and so we still have that today. Uh, you know, it's up to us on where we spend and how we you know, track that funnel and how we convert franchise leads into into uh, franchise sales. Um, and then internationally, you know, we use a master franchising strategy. So, you know, in Japan, for instance, you know, a group comes to us that, of course, uh, has all the connections and understands all the knowledge about uh, the Japan market, and we help them become the franchisor. They sell and support their own franchisee. So it's really through partnership. And that, at the end of the day, that really defines franchising. You know, we are in partners with our franchise owners. We are in partners with our suppliers and our, our master franchisees, and it has to be a win-win scenario. And one of the things I love about franchising is that you're fighting for other people. I mean, we spend 90% of our time in strategy sessions talking about the success of others, franchise owners and our master franchisees and even our members. And we know if we do that right, ultimately success will happen for self-esteem brands. And so I love the fact there's a selfless servant-like uh, attitude in franchising that I've just fallen in love with. And so at the end of the day, we are constantly trying to make sure that everyone within our ecosystem of self-esteem brands is winning and has the opportunity to win. And uh, that is so critical in franchising. What is the process for awarding franchises and how much of this country has opportunity left for you? Well, internationally, it takes almost a year for a master franchisee to kind of just to make, for us to make visits to their country, for them to make visits here. You know, there's not just a financial qualification, but franchising is a relationship. We've got to make sure they've got the right infrastructure, the right connections and the right emotional intelligence and passion for franchising fitness to take the Anytime Fitness brand abroad. Uh, here, as you know, the, uh, it's a very passion-based business. And Dave and I are like two founders who kind of grew up with humble beginnings. And so there are financial qualifications, but if two, you know, if one or two prospects come to us and they just love the industry and are willing to work their butt off, you know, we're going to do what we can to help them get open. And uh, so we've got a wide set of qualifications. You know, if you have fitness experience, I think that's helpful, but not necessary. You just got to care about people. You got to be passionate about your community. We'll teach you uh, the business skills necessary. We'll amplify your strengths and kind of insulate against your weaknesses. I think that's what a great franchise system does, right? They can, they're not in business for themselves because we, we've got their back. And so if they're willing to work hard and if they're willing to deploy their passion and care about their, their members and their team, right, we can help them be successful. Are you looking at further growth in the U.S. and secondary or even tertiary markets that weren't yeah, on, I mean, on the scheme in the first place? Absolutely. So we've got, you know, probably another 2,000 locations that can happen here domestically. So still plenty of white space here uh, in the U.S. But outside of this, I mean, there are thousands of locations globally. I mean, there's no reason why Anytime Fitness can't get to over 10,000 locations um, across the world. And, you know, if you think about China, we have a handful open there now, but, you know, the potential of China, you could have more in China than you could in the United States. And so it's a big world out there that is largely underserved when it comes to health and fitness. And the market is growing. The macro trends are growing for consumer wellness across the world. What do you say to those listening that are emerging brands today that may be in similar space about lessons learned on the domestic front, franchising properly and sensibly? I, I get this question a lot and I say the same thing. Support, support, support. Support your current franchisees. I mean, make sure they are being successful. If your franchisees, right, your, your, your stores open are being successful, what happens is they end up buying more. You mentioned our stat earlier, about 60% of our owners owning more than one. So if current franchisees are successful, they buy more, they refer others. Prospects who come through see that the, your conversion rate's higher. So at the end of the day, your flywheel of success really starts at your open units and how they're doing. And if they're doing 
doing well, if they're performing well, franchisees are happier, your item 19 look better, and you end up selling more franchises. So really the sales are more in doubt. And so I always tell people support, over support your franchisees. Make sure they're happy, make sure they trust you, make sure you have a good relationship, make sure they're successful. If you do that, long-term you'll be fine. And so, you know, as a leader, I say macro is every bit as important more so than than um, micro. I'm sorry, micro over macro. Meaning micro meaning store at a time versus macro meaning, you know, thinking about hundreds of units. I still want our team focused on one store, one community at a time. Let's move on to Waxing the City and talk about how the idea came about to start adding brands to a portfolio of companies instead of being a single company in the franchise space. Yeah, so in 2002 when we started, you know, really for the first seven, eight years, we were a fitness company learning to become a franchise company. And then around 2010, 2011, we really have established these franchising capabilities that we can now leverage across other brands. And so I would say it took us, you know, about almost 10 years to become a franchising platform. And so then we said, hey, there are opportunities to go to some smaller brands and maybe use our franchising platform with their expertise to grow. And so our first acquisition with Wax in the City, a Denver-based body waxing studio, uh, happened in 2012. They have five units. Today, we've got about 120. And recently, in the last year, we've uh, bought the Bar Method, 123 low-impact fitness studio chain, and then also Basecamp Fitness, which is like a high-intensity interval training. They've got seven studios. And so we want to use our franchising infrastructure to grow them globally. And so the birth of self-esteem brands officially occurred when? I think we incorporated officially in 2012. We were kind of coming up with the platform, but I think we, when we, prior to buying Wax in the City, we officially did that in 2012. And then a couple other companies round out the portfolio as well that are what, service providers to your other businesses? Yes. Yeah, so, so we have our own security uh, company here called ProVision. We have Healthy Contributions, which work, works with the health insurance organizations to also feed our network. And uh, those are going to you know, help all four of the franchise brands, Bar Method, Basecamp, Wax and City, and Anytime Fitness. Those, those internal units right, are helping uh, grow our brands globally. Chuck, we're almost at the point where we're going to be out of time. What I like to do every week, though, is to ask my guest, is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you wish that I did? Um, I can't communicate often enough. I mean, I just think, you know, I always like to remind um, emerging brands, right, the communication alignment trust is uh, so critical. And, you know, don't underestimate the importance of the relationship and the trust with your franchisees, whether you have 10 units or 1,000 units. Um, that is so critical to long-term success. I mean, when you come up to our campus here, we have we have this indoor-outdoor area with, with you know, fireplaces. And we, if we can sit down and have a beer with a franchise owner and develop a relationship of trust and alignment, that goes a long way. That's every bit as important as like the operating system that uh, you put inside your business. So, um, you know, have a great deal of fun, you know, love and support your franchisees, fight for them and, uh, you know, keep learning. You know, I've been to the campus in Woodbury more than once. And I've got to say, trust screams in loud volumes when you walk into the headquarters of a franchise concept and discover that they've got a tattoo studio in, in house. <laughs> there is nothing yeah. to me that says per- long-term relationship and somebody willing to put the tattoo on their body and, and live and breathe the brand. That is the most amazing thing I've experienced anywhere. Yeah. Well, Stan, we need to get you a t- tattoo next time. We'll get you a tattoo and a waxing service. Um, but yes, we've had thousands of people get the tattoos, members and franchise owners and employees. And it's always an expression of self-love and self-respect and this amazing transformation that they've. It's not so much a part of our brand. We were there as part of it, but it's really about their journey and their either business ownership or their wellness. And they love the new person that they are and they don't want to go back to being the old person. So it's really an expression of love uh, for themselves, which which uh, we're just so proud to be part of. Uh, this has been a great conversation, Sean. 
Chuck, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share these nuggets with the audience. If those listening choose to try to get in touch with you to talk about Anytime or any of the other brands in the portfolio, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? You know, any, anyone can find me uh, through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through Instagram. Of course, they can email our corporate office, and I'm easy to get a hold of. And our team here, I mean, I, you know, on behalf of Dave and I, we have a very talented team that is still functional across uh, all the different areas of franchising. Look, we're, we're happy to help emerging brands. We, of course, want to talk to potential franchisees. And at the end of the day, we just want to get the world to a healthier place. And so we look forward to speaking to people you know, anytime now and, of course, meeting people at IFA at that uh, incredible conference. I'd be remiss not to give a shout out to one of those most amazing people that I have the privilege of working with on a daily basis. So, JY, here's to you. You're <laughs> yes. a great team. Yes, he is fantastic. Uh, you, you know JY well. Uh, we appreciate uh, FRM, Stan, and, and um, all the stuff you helped us with. So, and look, it's a great industry. There's so many great suppliers. There's so much wisdom. You know, that's why I love going to IFA is just networking with people who've been there before. And uh, it is a wonderful community. And so, and we enrich people through through our franchise ownership. So, very, very cool. Chuck, thanks again for being with us today. All the best to Dave and to you on the continued success of the growing company we know as Self-Esteem Brands with Anytime Fitness at its base. Can't thank Chuck Runyon enough, and my apologies that scheduling prevented his partner, Dave Mortensen, from joining us for the interview. Next week, I'll be joined by a really smart guy, a guy who was part of the panel that I had moderated last week at IFA. His name is Marcus Slater, and he is the Chief Marketing Technology Officer at Decalash, a company that's experiencing explosive growth in a $62 billion industry. On our panel, Marcus was joined by Transitive's Christian Pillet, Revel Point of Sale Chief Strategist Chris Leibier, and Venture X President Jason Anderson, while all of us discussed the topic of managing the digital tsunami of consumer marketing. Well, Marcus will pick it up from that conversation at convention during the podcast next week, and he'll talk a lot about how the lines have gotten fuzzy between marketing and technology, which will come as no surprise to anyone who was walking the floor of the exhibit hall this year at IFA. I'd guess that two-thirds or more of the exhibitors had the word digital somewhere in their title. Marcus will break it all down next week from the Fran Dev and consumer side of digital marketing. Remember, you can subscribe to Franchise Today at Block Talk Radio and that you can download us from iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, virtually any place that podcasts are found. You can ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Franchise Today and please like us on Facebook and remember that I'm always happy to hear from you with recommendations for guest interviews as well as any thoughts or comments you'd like to share about the podcast. All of my contact info is easily found on my LinkedIn profile. So until next week, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.